Good afternoon. Welcome to the channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We've got a market that's dealing with a variety of different things, including a USDA report that came out. We've got end of month, end of quarter, and really what's going on with all the fundamentals. How is that all working together? We have a hogs and pigs report that came out this week as all demand. We're going to see where that's all sitting as well. Lots to focus on today as as we dive into a Darren Fry. Darren, of course, with Water Street Advisors. And I got to start out asking your thoughts on this USDA report that came out as I watched a little bit on social media. Uh, some were saying, hey, the numbers are here. We'll wait till Monday, Tuesday and be back to normal trading again. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on again, Susan. Today was an uh, interesting day in the market when the report came out. You know, the market didn't have a lot of selling to begin with, and then it just started um, accelerating. And obviously, we saw beans get hit hard and wheat the hardest. And then, of course, corn was also uh, double digit, you know, down for the day. But when you looked at the numbers, um, I think people are a little surprised they cut the Indian stocks in corn as much as they did. I think that was, you know, uh, something that uh, was below trade guesses on on what the estimates were. But they raised the beans a little bit. And obviously, uh, wheat was a little bit higher, uh, final yields. And so uh, people just took it as bearish. And it is the end of the week, as you said, the end of the month, end of the quarter. And so I would think that we could see kind of a fade the report as we start next week, uh, but definitely ended very poorly, terrible action. Uh, and I just can't believe the market uh, is that bad fundamentally uh, to end like that. But we did. So we'll see what next week brings. I know a lot of folks surprised at the drop that we saw, especially when you looked at that soybean complex and even the wheat. Kansas City and Minneapolis wheat really took it hard on the trade. Not to say Chicago didn't either, but they all seem to be doing a little bit of a pullback. Yeah, the funds are really short, corn and wheat, and, and you know, probably uh, added to it even before this report, maybe added after the report. Obviously, those are getting to be more and more in the carry market side of things, and so they love being short those markets and rolling for the carry, and, and we need some type of catalyst, especially in wheat, to get it reversed, and right now, the war is a dead issue. Nobody cares about that. Uh, obviously, there's a story with weather in Australia, Argentina, um, you know, possibly southern Russia, eastern Ukraine. But, you know, that's kind of uh, who cares about that until spring. Let's see what happens. So uh, I think it'll take some time here. But I do think the funds building a short position at the lows like they have in corn probably isn't going to work out very well. If something is a catalyst to get them to reverse that. Overall, how do you think the fundamentals are going to continue to look on the trade? Well, you know, you, you're going to have weather issues when you go into South America. Uh, those w- issues might be delayed planning. It's a little too early to know for sure. But my forecasters say that, hey, with a strong El Nino, it's not uncommon to be dry in central and northern uh, Brazil and, and have some problems with delayed planning. We know that might not hurt the bean crop, but it certainly opens up some export window for us in that January, February time frame. And more like, more than likely, it's going to, you know, cause problems with the Serena crop. Anytime you plant that late because beans come out later, you put that crop at more risk with a, the, the end of the monsoonal flow uh, in late April. So I think that bears watching. Uh, other than that, uh, you know, we're in the middle of harvest here. So there's harvest pressure. Uh, yields are coming in. We're collecting a lot of yields from our producers. And right now, their average yield, if you compare it to last year's farm average, we're running about two to three bushel behind uh, last year in corn and about two-tenths of a bushel behind in beans. So not terrible, 
but certainly not better than last year. And I think we got to remember last year was 49.5 and 173.3. So it'll be interesting to see how we get along as we move into the middle of harvest and the end of harvest. Will yields stay the same or increase or will they decline as we get further in the harvest? So that'll be the, the real key to maybe price direction as we enter October. Which I find really interesting because, you know, Darren, we had so much talk about doom and gloom from what may on that it's kind of nice to hear we're getting some decent numbers that are coming in in some areas yeah and well there's some record yields in iowa too but then there's poor yields in iowa um same thing in illinois but better than worse it's indiana ohio uh pennsylvania kentucky tennessee really are the bright spots there's not a lot of good in missouri kansas you know nebraska um you know iowa minnesota there's less good in those states west of the mississippi just took it a lot worse when we had that high heat no rain in the middle of august then we got a resurgence of that heat again you know 10 days later and so um no the east was not as hot and we had humidity so that helped the plant but i really think um you know as we get deeper into harvest with phantom loss and those things we'll see these yields wane a little bit more and especially out west but out east um indiana ohio pretty big yields what do you think we're at right now when it comes to demand? I think we're so used to having at this point in the game hearing from China. We have not yet. Do you think the demand and the, and the buys are out there? They just haven't come to us yet? I do think so. I think China will take closer to 110 million metric tons of beans rather than the 102 and a half I think the USDA has. Uh, I think they're at 18 and a half for imports from, from the world for corn. I think that'll be higher than that when it gets all said and done. They've been aggressive buyers. It's Freena corn. Um, I do think their economy has been portrayed as really struggling. And when I look at the numbers, that's right. But then when I look at how energy is being consumed, crude oil and those things, um, man, I got to wonder like which one is wrong because they have pre pandemic levels of usage now on the energy side of the things. And so, you know, does a poor economic uh, country with poor economic outlook uh, use that much fuel, that much crude oil, that much uh, distilled? And so you've got to wonder about that. So demand might be a little bit better, but it isn't coming here. we got a low river. Mississippi River is a real problem. We need to recharge that. We need rain to do that. I know it's up a couple of feet from a month ago, but it's still, you know, second lowest ever. 2012 was a little lower. And that's really causing havoc uh, for the farmers you know high barge freight low low basis cheap basis and we're just not moving moving crop down through the river now all right we're going to talk more about that and what it's going to weigh in on the infrastructure to move grain more is coming up stick around we've got more coming up with the channel final bell right after this on the rural radio network challenge it's not something you shy from it's a chance to up your game every day brings a new challenge but with the Enhanced Channel Seed brand on your side, you can rise to it. With our top-performing seed, innovative digital tools, and expanded agronomic support, you can turn tomorrow's challenges into your next advantage. Your Enhanced Channel Seed brand. Let's rise to the challenge. Learn more at channel.com slash rise. Read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. KRBN. Welcome back to the channel. Final bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continuing our conversation this afternoon with Darren Fry with Water Street Advisors and wanted to talk. We left off talking about the Mississippi River and the concerns that are there. And obviously, infrastructure wise to move grain from an export perspective, Mississippi is such a vital role. But so is the PNW. Are we going to have to do some diverting possibly? And can the rails even handle it? And can the PNW handle it if the grain has to go that way? 
Well, it can handle some, but it's not going to take up the bulk of what the Gulf can provide. So the the solution for, obviously, the Mississippi is to get rain into uh, the basin where that's going to flow in. You know, the ground is so dry, though, that the first three, four, five inches of rain are not going to run off and go into the river. It's going to be a slow process, but it will help, and we need to see that um, those atmospheric drivers change. You know, this is the driest El Nino I've ever seen. You know, I was very bearish on El Nino coming in. The rains arrived late in June. We had the big rally. And so, you know, and then we ended the season very dry. And so this is not El Nino-like, and we need to get rain, or we are going to have problems getting anything shipped uh, in, in any quantity down through the Mississippi to the Gulf. And that's a big deal for our exports. And I think that's what some of the risk-off is. It's not only the overall economy, our debt, and the government shutting down, and all the things you can name. You can put down 10, 15 things on a sheet. Um, but it's also the fact that the export business has been slow, and now we have the river issues. So it's a real challenge, and we need to see that change. Looking at, uh, the, as you and I are talking, obviously we don't know what's going to happen in the next uh, 24 hours with government shutdown talks, but has that weighed in, in your opinion, at all on these markets? I really think it has. I think that maybe we'll um, discount it down the road, but right now there's fear around, hey, we're not going to know the numbers. And even if this crop size is smaller, and that is really more of an issue for the soybean balance sheet, uh, even though today it loosened up by 20, 25 million bushels, um, that's a real issue if we don't know what yields are. And we know anything sub-50 and especially sub-49 would really be a problem. But if the USDA is not there, NAS is not there to tell us, uh, what will the trade believe? So I think it's a big issue, and I think a lot of people uh, are considering that to be a bearish issue. Well, we had a hogs and pigs report as we switched the page to the livestock. A hogs and pigs report that came out on Thursday. Some say they're happy to see that little bit of an increase that was discussed in the report. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't think the hog report was that bearish. But, of course, after the rally yesterday, we took the market down hard today. Um, I do think the fairing intentions are pretty bullish longer term. But we did have the summer pig crop was higher uh, by like 134,000 or something like that. We know that uh, pigs per litter was up as record large. And so that took care of some of the smaller fairing numbers. But, you know, overall, I, I didn't think anything was really out of line. It's kind of like the USDA report today. Uh, if you look at it, it's like, well, this isn't really bullish, but it's really more neutral, slightly bearish. But did it deserve the type of reaction the trade gave it? I don't know. But um, you know, the hog and pig report did show that, hey, down the road, we're building a bull story, I think, for 24. What about for the for the cattle side of the trade? I mean, we saw some technical support happen earlier in the week, but it seemed to fade as the week went on. Yeah, I think we're just in a way for pullback. I'm still looking up in cattle. Like, I don't see anything fundamentally that's going to change that um, yet. Uh, I do think that we're going to move higher as we approach the end of the year, and I still like bull spread in cattle. So, um, they're just doing their normal pullback, I think, after such a big run. We talked about it a little bit earlier in the week, but from a consumer perspective, as we watch and continue to hear talk in the national news about you know credit card debt and everything else, how does that weigh in, and are we going to be able to hold on from a beef perspective? I think we will for now. The question is, how do we do when we get past March or April of next year as the consumer comes, comes under pressure? Uh, there's still some money left in the system from all the money that was given out. And I think all that money is going to definitely be run out into early next year. We do have enormous credit card debt. 
people are spending money like they really got it, but they're really running up debt. And I think we got some really hard times uh, from 24 to 28. It's a downturn in the economic cycle. And I think we really could have some challenges, uh, not just for ag, but for everyone, right? I think the stock market could be a real washout as we get into 24, 25 and, and something we haven't seen for a long time. And so um, these things that we really like and we enjoy, like all the free money that the government's handed out, those finally have their way with inflation and finally a recession as the feds try to get a hold of that. All right. In 30 seconds, tell me the one thing that you're going to keep an eye out come Monday trade. I need to see if we reverse or not. If we don't reverse, we got real problems in the grain markets. And I would say the same thing, you know, if cattle don't stop here and begin to return or hogs, we have a lot more downside, especially led by the pork complex. Well, as always, great conversation. What's the best way, Darren, for folks to get a hold of you guys? You bet. They could always look me up on Twitter at Fry, F-R-Y-E underscore W-S-S, or call us toll free at our office, 866-249-2582. All right. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss, not suitable to all investors. And that's been the Channel Final Bell being brought to you by Channel Seed and all your local Channel Seed professionals. That's the Channel Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network.